0: This episode of the Trek Geeks podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash trekgeeks and you'll find over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or any MP3 player.
1: Check. Check one, two. Check, check, check.
2: Chuckety-chuckle the chocolate chicken. Hey. This Chuck Huber, Dr. Leonard McCoy from Star Trek continues, I'm a doctor, not a DJ. But I know that you are listening to the biggest little show this
1: side of the Alpha Quadrant. It's the Trek Geeks podcast with Bill Smith and Dan Davidson, Davidson, Davidson. <coughs>
2: Little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant. This is the Trek Geeks Podcast. Thank you all so much for being here and welcome to episode 20. Uh, it's a milestone episode and we're very happy to bring it to you. Um, but first, I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Bill Smith and I bring to you, as I do every week, a man who was the inspiration for Trent in the Next Generation episode, Angel One, the beautifully dressed and accoutred Dan Davidson. Dan, welcome aboard, buddy. Hi. Hi.
0: It's, it's, I'm glad to be here.
2: Uh, I just, I'm just glad you could take away time from your day job to do this with us. Today.
0: <laughs> it's, I didn't think you were going to tell anybody about that outfit I have from that episode.
2: <laughs> if you weren't wearing it right now, I... I'm going to you know. wear it
0: in Vegas. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think that would be awesome. I think that when we go for the 50th, you should totally cosplay as Trent.
0: Be very 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 bad <laughs>
2: <laughs> for all of us I i'm not you.
0: afraid to admit it that will be bad people <laughs> but that's all right. it is good to be here episode 20 man what the hell i Isn't know that I- awesome
2: i'm amazed that i have made it through 20 episodes of anything with you quite frankly I to go there did I, I did I do I, I mean not, love you.
0: not talking about how great the response has been or how popular it's been and how the great feedback we've gotten and the awesome guests we've had on no you have to go down that road
2: pretty much okay thank you <laughs> feelings mutual <laughs> Well, truth be told, we actually do have a a pretty special show today. Um, We have some great guests lined up for you today, and they are allowing us to bring you something special uh, just for listeners of the Trek Geeks podcast. Dan, why don't you tell us a little more?
0: Yeah, we um, as anybody who listens to the podcast knows, we uh, have some great music that we use throughout the show. Um, by the band Five Year Mission. Uh, They gave us permission to use their music, and we are very grateful for that. And we were able to finally um, uh, book some time with uh, some members of the band as their new album is coming out uh, in about a week. Um, The Spock's Brain album is going to be released. Um, So we had a great discussion with Andy, Mike, and later on in the podcast, Chris joined us to talk about the album and what they're what what their mind was like in creating all of these unique songs for a unique episode. Um, and as you mentioned, we have a very special um, Trek Geeks only, I guess, uh, world premiere of one of their songs, R.C. Spock. Uh, and we hope you enjoy it as much as we have.
2: Yeah, we'll drop that later for you all in the podcast right after the interview. One quick production note, Chris joins us part way through the interview, and there are times when his audio is... Well, we'll be honest, terrible. <laughs> but we have some great discussion with Chris along the way. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we apologize for that up front. We hope you guys, you know, are able to make it through it just fine. But uh, we certainly hope you enjoy Episode 20 with the guys from Five-Year Mission. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, folks, as anyone who listens to the Trek Geeks podcast knows, we utilize some very special music throughout the show. Uh, Bill first learned of this unique style of music when he was at the big Star Trek convention in Las Vegas last year when our guests were the house band on stage in the Gene and Majel Roddenberry Theater. They write and record a song for each of the episodes from the original Star Trek series, and their music is loved by Trek fans all over the world. Their latest album, Spock's Brain, drops on July 3rd, and they've been kind enough to come on the podcast today to tell us more about it and to share an exclusive surprise for our listeners. Individually, they're Noah, Andy, Patrick, Mike, and Chris, but collectively, they are the band Five-Year Mission. Tonight, we're joined by two members of the band, Andy Fark and Mike Rittenhouse, and guys, we could not be more thrilled that you're here, and uh, welcome. Thank you very
3: much. Glad to be here. Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so before yeah. we get, yeah so before we get into Spock's brain um I have to ask how does an idea like a band that does songs inspired by the original Star Trek series get off the ground Mike did any of the guys kind of look at you like you had two heads and I mean that in the most respectful way possible
4: Um <laughs> not really um because I specifically assembled the band of people that I knew would be into the idea that were already friends of mine and that way there wouldn't be any of that awkward halfway through the first album. Someone's like, I don't think we should do songs about star
2: Trek. <laughs>
3: Wait, I thought we were a Babylon five
2: band. Ah, oh, Buck Rogers. <laughs> oh, space. 1999.
0: Oh, oh classics. <laughs> Andy, did um, what was your initial thought when Mike came to you for that with that idea?
4: Uh, <laughs> I, actually, the uh, Andy joining the band is the is the most unique, uh, like member joining the band story because right. the other guys all I already knew all of them. I had never met Andy before. You knew of me? Barely. I
3: was I was infamous. Yeah,
4: <laughs> um, one of my customers actually recommended Andy. And so I messaged him out of the blue, oh. and I just said, hey, this is uh, someone that you have no idea who I am, and I'm starting this really stupid idea. Do you want to do it? <laughs>
2: well, and then I se- said,
3: wait, what's Star Trek?
2: <laughs> <laughs> when you sell it like that, I mean, it just it sells itself.
3: Right, is quite the origin story. <laughs>
2: but to,
4: to, answer, to answer your question, Andy, what, what did you think when, when I approached you with the idea?
3: I thought it was a really good idea. I wasn't sure uh, how it would be received, necessarily. Um, but it was definitely a unique idea. And I hadn't really seen anybody really do that. I mean, outside of the... I watched the uh, Trekkies 2 documentary and got to see Warp 11 and Stovacore And uh, uh, what was the other one? The more punk rock one. that, that, that Oh, and then No Kill Eye. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's that's yeah. Of them. Those guys were awesome. Uh And so I was like, yeah, I mean, there's a few people out here doing it. But once he explained, you know, it'd be a song per episode and all that. And we were going to go through all the episodes. I was like, man, that's quite the commitment to join a band full of four dudes that I'm not really all that close with. (laughs) But uh, yet, 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 eventually we'd come quick friends. (laughs) (laughs) There was bonding time. Exactly, but uh, yeah, I mean, once uh, once we got in there, um, the very first practice, I mean, I came in and uh, hate to toot my own horn, but beep beep, I nailed all the songs, and uh, I think I was the first person that they auditioned to be able to even do that.
4: Well, yeah, we we had asked a couple other people that we already knew that were friends if they were interested in in joining the band, and and it was all pe- a whole bunch of guitarists. Yeah, people seemed like. They seemed like they were into the idea, but then when they showed up, we we would give them a CD with our demos, and then they would show up to practice, and they hadn't even listened to it. Oh, wow. And so so we would want to play certain songs, and they just had no idea what was going on. Like, they just wanted to show up and jam, and we just weren't really into that. And uh, Andy showed up, and he had learned, like, at least, I think, three or four of the songs. Yeah. And played them pretty much all the way through, and uh actually uh when he first the first day he showed up it was just Noah and me and Andy and the other guys weren't there yet yeah. and so we were just goofing around and and like right away uh like Andy and I were just like making jokes at each other and just it was it, it, was, it was like we had already known each other like it yeah. was just fun and then I made fun of his stutter <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and he told me Never do that again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, okay. And
3: and I haven't. He hasn't. That's true. He's definitely stayed true to his word, even though in every single one of these podcast interviews, it will slip out now and then. And he doesn't even give me a second glance anymore because he knows better.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, Hey guys, um, after an amazingly successful Kickstarter, congratulations. Um, Spock's brain album is coming out on July 3rd, but Looking at the actual episode, Spock's Brain, that's an episode that fans either truly love or they truly hate. How do you guys feel about the episode itself? I love it. I think it's a riot. Um, How do you guys feel about it?
3: I have come to have a newfound appreciation of it, like leading up to the release of this album. Uh, With the songwriting process, I mean, especially with me, because I'm not one of the songwriters of the band, but they made me write two for this one. Uh, having to go through, get some ideas, watching it multiple times—it's making my, making my five-year-old, and my three-year-old kids suffer through it a couple times too. Uh, the, I've I've grown to appreciate the episode a lot more. It's definitely not the worst episode.
0: Yeah, By I far. mean, it, but
3: it's, it's it's definitely not the best either. Oh, no, no, definitely not even in the in like the top fifteen or twenty, or thirty, or thirty, or forty.
4: Or 40. Wow. <laughs> Uh I I don't hate the episode. I've I've never disliked it. I mean it's really campy. It has a really dumb premise, but there are easily ten or fifteen episodes that are much worse than Spock's brain. Yeah. yeah. Um so I've I've never had an, an issue with it. And I, I know a lot of people consider it to be like the I, I think it represents the downfall of Star Trek just yeah. because it was the season three opener, right right, and season three was pretty weak yeah and and that episode itself was pretty dumb, so I think
0: <laughs> that's one of the things I loved about it the best. It's so yeah. ridiculous that it's 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 fun
3: it's just it's really over the top, and it's like, wow, they are really reaching for a way to move along this plot <laughs> um. and they reach they did. Oh, and I'm man. not sure they ever reached the plot.
2: <laughs> and how? Um, <laughs> as a uh, as we mentioned in the intro, you that the band got to participate in Creation's massive trek convention in Vegas last summer. I think it was last summer. Um, yeah. You guys play a lot of gigs, but were there any collective nerves before this one in general? Yes,
4: <laughs> absolutely. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Mainly because.
3: Uh, there wasn't a ton of communication beforehand for exactly what we were going to be doing mm-hmm. uh, and the
4: things that they were telling us kept changing
1: yeah
3: so it was kind of a trial by fire it's like all right uh get here on we'll, we'll we'll fly you guys in on wednesday night and you know uh we'll do a sound check and everything we'll be ready for for thursday morning we get there we can't find our contact <laughs> Uh, no calls answered. We're walking all around. Have no clue where we're going. And then uh, we're like, "Hey, we, we find the stage, but there's
4: no instruments or anything anywhere. Yeah.
3: Nothing. Oh, wow. And then finally, we get the answer. Oh yeah, the the all the all the instruments aren't, aren't coming until the morning.
4: Which... <laughs> so the the first panel starts at nine a.m. Oh man, and the instruments get there at about a quarter after eight. Yeah. Oh. So we really had to hurry to be ready for that
3: first. So, yeah, setting up, doing sound check and everything. They're like, all right, we're going to have you, we're going to raise the curtain, have you guys open with one of your own songs. We'll bring out the first guest and blah, blah, blah. And so that went okay. Lots of nerves because that was a huge room to be playing in. Uh, And then we start figuring out as we're going on, uh, sometimes they wanted us to stall for time and we were not completely ready for that. So they were like, What should we do to stall for time? Ah, just play one of your songs. We're like, oh crap, what do we do? And we'll we'll give you a signal (laughs) when to stop. Oh (laughs) oh, wow. Yeah, (laughs) off to the side, out of out of your eye line, since you're playing to the crowd out front, and we're gonna be way off back and to your right. So we'll signal you. You'll see it.
2: (laughs) Semaphore. That'll work
3: yeah
4: uh, it,
2: it,
3: it was i mean it was a lot of fun
4: and I, I would gladly do it again
3: totally do it again
4: uh we definitely have a better idea of how it works and what they expect now but it was it was definitely some communication issues before the convention and during but,
3: but about halfway through 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 the second day we pretty much had it down yeah yeah wanting, so yeah it was, i have to, it is
2: a little to, stumbling I have to say, it added a great vibe to the convention that it never had before, and I I yeah. thought it really pulled everything together as an attendee.
3: Yeah, I agree. I mean, we and we actually got we actually got that exact same uh, reaction pretty much everywhere we everywhere we went that entire weekend, and we yeah. still get it. It's like, oh, well, why aren't you guys the house band again this year? It's like, well, they 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 went with someone else this year, but I mean, they're still a house band, so you're still going to be getting you know that kind of vibe. Right. out of it and you know that kind of that tonight show vibe is is is, is how i was putting it yeah and yeah I mean, and we're we're still gonna be
4: at the convention yeah and we're still performing just we're not the house band right
2: is there any chance you could be back as the house band for the 50th anniversary we're gonna
4: try our butts off
2: yeah we are nice. hoping <laughs> um, well we hope so too Oh
3: yeah,
4: i, I think you know it, it, the more people that tell creation how much they liked us as the house band the better so anybody out there listening you know let let them know just message them or or whatever and let them know that you really liked 5 year mission and to have us back
3: yeah i i i i just enjoy being being able to be a part of it honestly i mean no matter what capacity we're in there with Yeah. i mean good for sci fried the house band this year um they're going to have a blast they're going to be exhausted I can already warn them of that. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, being back there for the 50th in any capacity uh, would be great. The house band would just be the icing on the cake.
0: That's awesome. So you are going to be at this convention this August, just not as house band, correct?
3: Right. We're awesome. going to be playing the, uh, the, the gold and the captain's chair VIP parties up in, the, uh, up in the Voodoo Lounge.
0: Bill, you got tickets for those for me yet?
2: Uh, I do not. Okay,
0: work on that, buddy. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's still some uh, captain's chair tickets available. So, guys, um, uh, as I mentioned, Spock's Brain comes out next week. Um, and one of the things that's really striking about it is the actual album cover. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that cover design?
3: That was done by my good friend Shelby Kelly. Uh, he is a local artist here in town. And uh, I, my previous band uh, that I was still in when I joined Five-Year Mission, we were called Creepin' Charlie and the Boneyard Orchestra. Uh, very kind of Tom Waits, Rolling Stones influenced kind of thing. Oh, nice. But he is an amazing, amazing artist. He, can, he goes through so many different mediums. He can do things on canvas. Uh, I've seen him do a lot of wood burnings lately. Uh, He can sculpt, he can write songs, just an all-around just amazing artist. And uh, our our other band member, Chris Spurgeon, he actually came up with the idea for the cover, but it definitely took Shelby Kelly uh, kind of putting his weird brain twist Mm -hmm. into it, and uh, I think it came out fantastic. It has kind of a Monty Python vibe to it. Yep. Uh which I love. So I was very happy with the with the outcome of that. It's actually the the screensaver on my phone right now.
0: <laughs> One of the things that stood out to me as kind of a hmm I wonder what this is all about is the hammer and sickle. Um and <laughs> it seems to be a nod to the colder than Russia song. Any yep. any um relation to the line about Chekhov saying it was a livable atmosphere only being 40 degrees or how did that come about? <laughs> uh <clears throat> Yeah, uh, pretty
4: much that whole song uh, "Colder in Russia" is is about Chekhov and his
3: few moments in the episode having a hangout on the surface with a with some with, with like Kirk's a uh, couple of red
4: shirts zapping rocks with their phasers so that he's cold they can stay
3: warm. He's cold, but he's colder in Russia. <laughs>
2: Zap. Well, I guess that brings to mind a question about the writing process in general. Um, at least in my mind, do you guys go off on your own and then come back with ideas or do you do it as more of a collective effort? How do you divide the work?
4: Mostly we do it on our own, uh, for, for the, our normal albums. Uh, what we do is we draw the episodes out of a hat Literally. yeah. Oh, wow. Um, and then we go, we go off and we watch the episodes and each of us write our, our demos and then send them out to the band. And then we get together at practice, and after everyone's had a chance to listen to them and come up with ideas, and then we kind of flesh them out from there. Um, and uh, th- this album is not really any different than that, other than we all went and watched the same episode yeah. and came up with ideas.
3: And also, with the exception on um, this album, is uh, Colder in Russia. Oh, yeah. Because the, normally, like, like Mike was saying, we go often write on our own say send each other acoustic demos and that's basically the bulk of the song where the ideas come from lyrics come from all that but uh the music for colder and russia just came out of like a weird jam session that uh i think it was me you and noah uh patrick. and pa- oh
4: patrick too and, yeah and and chris cuz the keys were all there yeah, yeah. We, we
3: were all there yeah and we just kind of like came up with uh that main main riff that keyboard part the drums and everything like right then and there and that's something we normally don't do is write all together as a band which is seems kind of odd but it's just kind of the way we've done it since the first album yeah
4: um at our practices usually at the beginning of practice when we're getting set up and getting warmed up we come up with these random little jams and things and goof around yeah and every now and then it'll it'll turn into something that actually sounds interesting and unique and you usually know when it's reaching that point when Noah pulls out his phone and starts setting it up to record and um (laughs) and uh that's what happened with Colder in Russia and then Noah took the recording home with him and a couple of months later suddenly he had this song written and he had that music from us playing it and he had edited it into a song, and then sang words over the top of it for his demo. Oh wow! Oh, huh. and st- uh, they, the only other song I can think of in our in, in our catalog, yeah, our repertoire <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is anything like that would be "Cat's Paw." Uh, that one actually oh, yeah. came also from a, a jam. Um, a jam. It would that time. It was just you, me, and Noah. Yeah. Okay. That's. I think
0: that's where I was getting confused. Yeah. Huh. Since you all were doing uh, an album of the same episode, did any of you come back together when you had your ideas and find out that a couple of you had like the same idea for, for a song, or was was it all pretty much you all had different ideas, very different from each other?
4: Most of the songs are actually very different, and we just kind of lucked out that way mm-hmm. because when you're all writing about the same episode, it, it can be really easy to right. come up with the same themes the only ones
3: that I mean, uh, we 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 use some of the lines from the episode, which is yeah. Uh, there's quite a few uh, people sh- that shout "Spock's brain" throughout a lot of the songs on the album, <laughs> and, and, there's, and there's brain and brain. What is brain? Yeah,
4: there's a lot of brain and brains. Um, but other than using those two vocal uh, like lyric lyric parts, mm-hmm. the songs themselves turned out very different, and mm-hmm. especially like Noah's two songs. I mean, he wrote about Chekhov, and he wrote about the uh, the character Kara. Yep. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. the, the, the I'morg falling in love with the Morgue. Mm-hmm. Yep.
4: Yeah. And uh, and then uh, my my songs, one of them is just kind of about the whole episode and the absurdity of it. Yeah. <laughs> and And the other one is more of a, is about kind of an overall theme in Star Trek, where uh, Kirk shows up to your planet and destroys your god. <laughs> and and he's <things> like... <laughs> Good luck. I'm out yeah. of here. Forget about that, God. I'm going to blow it up. Here's how you have sex.
2: <laughs> and you'll like it a lot. <laughs> That's right.
4: uh, uh, Patrick's, uh, his, his first song is, uh, it's kind of more of a, an overall episode. Synopsis. Uh, yeah, synopsis. And then his uh, his other song is just absolutely bizarre. I'm not even really sure
3: what it's about, actually. <laughs> It's uh about the big brain computer yeah it's 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 a it's a computer song <laughs> how long uh, did
0: uh how long did it take for you all to write all these songs for the new album uh
3: one of my songs took me about two minutes okay and, and then and then it came out to last forty seconds oh okay but that's what, but that's what happens when yep. you ask a drummer to write a song <laughs>
4: <laughs> well we we should we should probably specify. Actually, that uh, we we uh, originally w- were supposed to write one
3: song each, um, and then Chris upped it, and he's like, he's like, "Hey, I wrote a second song for this," and they were like, "Ah, crap! Now we all have to have to have to write two songs for this." So yeah, it's it it eventually came about what what was going to be a five song EP turned into an entire album.
2: Nice. <laughs>
0: Chris Spurgeon, now one of the other band members from Five Year Mission, has joined us. Um, we were talking about how long it took to actually write the songs for Spock's Brain, and I'm sure Chris has a unique perspective of that as well. Welcome to the show, Chris.
5: Thank you. Thank you very much. I um, let's see what. How how long did it take to write these songs? Well, it. I, I think that the fact that we wrote two was kind of my fault. <laughs> yes, it it
1: is. kind of. <laughs> yep.
5: So I, I started right, I actually, um I wrote remote-controlled, well, R.C. Spock, it was originally called Remote-Controlled Spock, we changed the name to R.C. Spock, because we couldn't decide whether it was remote control or remote-controlled, so I finally just said, okay, it's R.C., <laughs> and uh, so I wrote that song, and I, I had, I don't really know where it came from, it just, I, I thought it was really, I thought it was funny that. Was remoting Spock around the whole episode. <laughs> but um, I, I had this other idea. I wanted, you know, I thought that the I'morg had a really interesting way uh, of communicating. Just everything they say is very childlike. Yeah. And um, and I just wanted to do something with that. So I ended up taking just every lyric in I'morg is pulled directly from the things that the i say in the episode. So every lyric in that whole song is directly from the episode. Um, and I brought it to the guys and I said, you know, I, I got this other song and, you know, we could do it as an extra song or whatever. And the guys really liked it. And next thing I know, I don't remember who wrote the first, second song, probably Noah. Yeah. Then Noah had a second song and then Mike had a second song. It just kind of dominoed from there. So it was, I think once we, in the beginning, it was just kind of business as usual, you know, let's write a song. And then it just kind of got out of control. And next Snowballed. thing you know, like, complaining because he's got to write two songs.
4: <laughs> I think Andy was the only one who complained.
5: I think yep. so. <laughs> so But You know what? Both of Andy's songs turned out really good, so he's got really no cool one to complain. All three of well, both of them. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why that third one didn't make it. That's right.
2: So the uh, the three albums before this one were years one, two, and three. Um, will there be a years four and five sometime after Spock's Brain?
3: Of course. Nice. We have to finish the mission, even yes. though it would take, take us way more than five years to do it. <laughs> Some
2: detours along the way, you know. <laughs> These things happen. And we did pretty well there
5: for the first couple of years.
2: No, definitely. <laughs> So how is that? How will that work
0: with epi- with uh, years four and five, in terms of which material? songs?
2: Yeah.
4: <laughs> well, the first uh, the first three albums only um, only do the 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 first forty eight yep. episodes.
3: Awesome. Up through Immunity Syndrome, right? Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yep. So we still have the entire third season and a little bit of the second season to cover.
0: Awesome. Okay. Cool. I didn't know if you'd be throwing animated stuff in there or something. <laughs> That's a, that's a possibility
3: for uh, really awesome. Uh, for the continuation of the band, if we haven't killed each other yet. <laughs>
2: there's, a, I, I smell a song about attack of the fifty foot Spock, but that's just me. And Glomers.
5: <laughs> yes. You know, there's, there's a ton of great material in animated series. I think the animated series was um, it's underappreciated because it was it was kind of slow a lot. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of, you know, the same animation just standing there talking. Yep. But in general, I really enjoy the animated series, so I hope we get it.
0: Well, you guys um you previously did an EP centered around the trouble with tribbles. Um was it tougher to fill an album of songs regarding Spock's brain than it was to do uh, the EP with tribbles? I I don't think it was any harder or easier.
4: Um, I'm surprised that we came up with so many songs about Spock's brain so easily. <laughs> uh, I actually thought it would be harder uh, when we initially came up with the idea, but it, it actually was pretty easy. Um, I think we probably could have come up with more songs about tribbles, uh, but uh, I'm I'm pretty happy with the the five that we have. Uh,
2: I, I don't know if we need any more tribble songs. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> So uh, yep. so later in this episode, you guys are letting us debut one of the songs from the new album for our listeners. And, of course, it's R.C. Spock, as we talked about just a couple of moments ago. It sounds like it's going to be a really fun one to hear live. And personally, Dan and I think everyone's going to love it. Um, we'll hear that in a bit once we're done with the interview. But um, I did want to ask, is that a new version of Spock's dog on the album?
4: <laughs> yes. <laughs> That is that is now the third version of Spock's
5: talk. <laughs> Isn't that third? <laughs> we had a fourth.
3: Yeah, there's that. We there's four total. Oh about. yeah, because there's the dance remix that Noah did for the yeah for the single. That's right.
5: <laughs> I forgot. There's also the the fast version of the one that's on the album. Oh yeah,
1: that yeah.
3: we that, that we never it's, actually fully fleshed out. It's it, even faster. Yeah, it's not not released.
5: Like a punk version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: But yeah, it's it's a full band version of the song. Uh, the the demo or the single only had uh, acoustic instruments and uh, basically all all the guys just sitting around in Patrick's living room, just playing around, singing the song. And then for this album, we actually recorded a full studio version with drums and guitars and keyboards and everything.
3: Fun fact about the uh, about the Spock's Dog single the percussion that you hear me playing on the Spock's dog acoustic single is a toilet paper tube.
2: Really? Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. (laughs) That's
0: awesome. Um, So, guys, you released the video for His Head is Hollow and I Have Touched Spock's Brain on YouTube, which is hilarious and fun, and um, we're going to be posting it as a link uh, in our show's notes. Uh are we going to see new videos in the days to come as well for any of the other songs?
3: Not in the days to come, okay. uh the months to come probably.
0: Okay.
4: We haven't filmed anything else yet, but we're hoping to to make another one soon. I have some ideas already. For well for my songs at least.
5: I have an idea for RC spot. Yeah,
4: that'll that'll probably be the next one we do, uh if we do one because uh we've we've got videos for everybody else's songs from other albums, live action videos so far, but we haven't done any for any of Chris's songs yet. So that'll, that'll probably be the next one we do.
2: I have to say when I was watching the, uh, the head is hollow video, I felt like at a particular part, it was channeling kiss meets the phantom, you know, that, uh, that old chestnut, a man after my own heart. uh, (laughs) That's I was thinking now you, you guys should turn it into a short movie. (laughs)
3: <laughs> this time around, we will not film in the dead of winter and freeze our butts off. Oh, oh, yeah,
4: man. That, that was that was January when we were out there in in
3: that parking lot, running around chasing brains and like in, <laughs> the, in between takes, making sure to go over and like cover myself in my coat and shivering. Uh, what, all test-
4: of our all of our crew and helpers were wearing coats and hats and oh. everything. We were not.
5: <laughs> well, a testament to the the tube at the beginning of the video, it was that was probably the coldest part of the day and they were out oh, there. Yeah. We were all huddled together in, you know, our heavy coats and they were out there Ugh. in with no coats at all and just upping it out to get get through that scene and that was
0: And we, they they did a great job too.
5: Really appreciated that. Yeah, they were fantastic.
0: Speaking of those brains guys, can you um please, please, please market those brains as like stuffed <laughs> animals or Dog chew toys or something because those things were great. The eyes on them, I love them.
4: You'll you'll have to talk to Patrick's wife about that one. She's she's the one that created those for the video.
0: That's a great. You guys could be like throwing them to the fans while you're on stage. That'd be awesome.
5: (laughs) I love that. Yeah, that would be fun. Stress toys.
3: We're
0: yeah uh,
1: we're we're Yes,
0: Yes.
3: (laughs) Well, the the eyeballs pop out.
2: So uh, so you guys have a big CD release party coming up on July 3rd in Indianapolis. You want to tell us a little bit about that?
3: Yeah, um, we are performing, uh, actually, where Mike and I are recording right now, right across the street at Radio Radio. Uh, We are going to be joined by Stackhouse, which is like an 80s metal throwback band, and they're fantastic. Um, We'll also be joined by... Count Rockula. they are a four-piece garage band out of Bloomington, Indiana, and they sing all about like old uh old like Hollywood monsters, like Frankenstein. Like the, the Universal
4: Monsters. Yeah, the nice. Universal
3: Monsters. And uh, the whole thing is going to be hosted by our friend the cosmetologist aboard the USS Enterprise, Moxie Ann Magnus, and nice. she'll also be performing her uh her, her her ukulele stylings in between bands as well. She actually has an album coming out of her performing uh, our songs as her on ukulele. Wow, that's
5: awesome. Is it called Moxie Does Five Year Mission?
3: Yes. Yep. It is going to be fantastic. I heard I heard a few a few of the preview tracks and they're pretty amazing. Good writing. Yeah, it is good writing. It's all about the songwriting.
4: Actually, she. She covers one of Andy's songs, his Tribble song, and at the end, uh, like uh, Moxie changes the song a little bit, like the structure and some of the words. And at the end, uh, she says something like, "You're welcome, Fark." Yes, <laughs> that's
0: great. Nerve. So, so guys, July third's the big day. Um, Folks are going to be able to get the album so that they can play it during their 4th of July parties on uh, that next Saturday and and, uh, have a lot of good music playing. Uh, Where can folks go to get that album? Um, Can they get it digitally? Where can they go in order to pick up Spock's brain?
5: Well, we'll have have the album at our release. We'll also have it at Hero House um, after that. You'll be able to get it... Um, online, you know, on iTunes, and, and, uh, and we, we actually have—I've set up a digital download on our website, which mm-hmm. I'm hoping to have that up shortly after the release. Where so you can um, actually get it digitally from our website, um, and then you can always buy it, a physical copy from our website as well. Plus, any shows that, that we play, you'll be able to.
4: Awesome. And what is the website, Chris?
5: <laughs> 5 there, we there
0: you go. <laughs> we will definitely have links uh, up on our site as well, as we already do. We actually um, have you guys up there all the time because you let us use your awesome music and all of our podcasts, and we thank you for that. Um, Chris, Mike, and Andy, uh, thanks for joining us uh, tonight on the, on the Trekking Podcast to talk about Spock's Brain. Uh, just a reminder to everyone that July 3rd will be the big release date. Um, if you guys, if any of you listeners have been involved in the Kickstarter, um, you probably have already, uh, gotten some information about, uh, the songs and about the album itself. And guys, anytime you want to come on the show to talk about new projects, you are more than welcome. And we would love to have you on.
2: Thank
0: you. Oh, great. Thanks for having us.
2: Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to listeners of the Trek Geeks podcast so you can check out their service. You can select your free audiobook from over 150,000 titles in Audible's library.
0: And if you're interested in Star Trek titles, you might even check out one of these currently available on Audible.com. Imzadi, Spectre, The Return, Sarek, and my favorite, The Eugenics Wars, The Rise and Fall of Khan Noonien Singh.
2: To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash geeks. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash geeks for your free audio book.
0: And we would like to thank audible.com for sponsoring our episode.
2: so now without further ado especially for you the listeners of the trek geeks podcast here is the brand new song off the spock's brain album by five-year mission rc spock and let's get- we And Dan, I don't know about you, but ever since I heard that song for the first time, it has been stuck in my head for days. Man, what a great song! I'm so happy that they were able to share it with us.
0: It's, it, you know, a song's pretty good when it gets stuck in your head for days. It really um, is. One of the things I like about their music, and you, it's definitely you can hear it in this one, is is when they're doing these episodes, they bring di- the exact dialogue in. And they're able to do it in a way that it doesn't make the so- song sound corny. It actually makes it sound more interesting to me. And I like that, especially at the beginning of this when they're – they're ha- the whole scene in, in Sick Bay. I thought that was pretty cool.
2: No, I agree with you. Um, it's fun. The whole album is fun to listen to. We hope everybody checks it out. Chris's audio is hard to hear. They were toward the end. So uh, on July 3rd, if you go to fiveyearmission.net, you can order a copy of uh, Spock's Brain. Um, I'm sure you can pre-order it too I know it will take probably a day or so For it to be uh, recognized by iTunes And the other online streaming services they have But if you use 5yearmission.net as your central hub You will be able to get yourself a copy of Spock's Brain And we can't recommend it enough It's a great album, you're all going to enjoy it So uh, let's support the band And uh, we wish them nothing but great success with this record
0: Yep, absolutely. And as we mentioned in the, in the uh, interview, congratulations on such a amazingly successful Kickstarter for the Spock's Brain album. thought that was great.
2: Without question. So uh, we're going to move on to something a little different. Um, in one of our last episodes, we talked about uh, feedback from listeners. Um, we actually have a couple of voicemails to share with you now uh, as part of this episode. And one of them we're a little bit overdue in playing. We said that we'd play the first voicemail we ever received. Um, and that's the first one that, uh, that we're going to play for you today. Uh, and this is from, uh, our listener, Dan. So Dan, take it away.
6: Dan, Bill, good job on Trek Geeks podcast. This is Dan from Kenosha. I'm looking forward to episode 15 and beyond. Thanks guys for all your hard work. Bye.
2: And we thank Dan also for listening to the Trek Geeks podcast and for taking the time to send us that voicemail. We certainly appreciate the feedback, uh, good and bad. Um, but it's always nice to get messages like that. So Dan, thank you very much. And just
0: to let everyone know it, it was not me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, that's true. It wasn't. Um, uh, but you know, you never know. It's always good to have a Dan in the wings. <laughs> we have another voicemail for you now. And it, uh, it is from uh, crazy Joe from, uh, I believe Philadelphia, uh, Crazy Joe has a podcast himself, uh, but he has a message for us about our discussion on galaxy quest in the Vic Mignogna episode.
6: Hi guys, this is crazy Joe of the Zoa podcast, uh, formerly of the old Spices Sci-Fi show. And I'm really enjoying your show. I wanted to call in uh, regarding the galaxy quest TV show, which you mentioned at the end of the uh, Vic Mignogna episode. Um, Sounded like you're not too excited about the Galaxy Quest TV show. And I want to point out that as Trek fans, we should be very excited about the Galaxy Quest TV show because it represents paramount pictures giving us exactly what we are asking for. Because we as Trek fans have been asking for Star Trek to return to television again and again and again and again over the last several years. And it's not because, as you said, CBS controls those rights, and CBS has no interest in bringing Star Trek back to TV. But what do we know about Paramount? When Paramount was holding the reins, they were not shy about putting Star Trek on TV. We got four spin uh, spin-offs under Paramount, and it was only when the keys went over to CBS that Trek on television came to a screeching halt. Uh, the movies are controlled by Paramount, and they're not shy about making movies. But CBS controls the TV. They don't want it to – Paramount doesn't mind doing Star Trek. CBS does. That's the bottom line. So whereas CBS is not giving us what we want, Star Trek on television, Paramount's stepping up to the plate. They can't give us Star Trek because CBS runs that side. So they're giving us the closest thing they can. Basically, Star Trek is coming back to television. We're getting a new Star Trek TV show – In every sense, except for the fact that they can't call it Star Trek because they don't have the rights to that anymore. So I'm very excited about this Galaxy Quest TV show because it's basically Paramount giving us what we want. We want Star Trek back on TV, and they're giving it to us in the only form they can because they don't control the Star Trek brand on television anymore. So this is the consolation prize. This is what they can give us. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do with it. So, uh, all right. Love the show.
2: And Joe, thanks very much for your voicemail. We really appreciate it.
6: Um,
2: Dan, do you want to start with this one?
0: Yeah, I, uh, I'll be happy to start with it. I, I appreciate the, uh, the message that Joe left. He had, a very, he had a lot of very interesting points. I do want to say <clears throat> I'm not upset or slash mad that Galaxy Quest is coming to TV. I love the movie. I thought the movie was great. It had a lot of Star Trek-esque points to it, which I thought were really good, like a kind of like a honoring of Star Trek. But in my opinion where I disagree with Joe, it's not Star Trek. And I feel that this is maybe kind of a easy way out to bring a Star Trek-like show back to TV, but it's not Star Trek in my opinion. Um I'm looking forward to it. It'll be interesting to see what happens, but um, I don't have the enthusiasm that Joe has on this coming to television.
2: Uh, I have to say I don't either, and particularly because, uh, as you said, it's it's not Star Trek in any way, shape, manner, or form. It's a comedic send-up of Trek, and in particular, it's a comedic send-up of the original series cast, and Shatner in particular. So it's not going to bring us more of what we want, um, I don't think, in any sense, because Star Trek has never been tongue-in-cheek. Right. Um, you know, yes, it's being produced by Paramount. Let's not forget that Paramount and CBS, while they, while they are separate companies, they do have the same parent corporation. And that's Sumner Redstone's National Amusements LLC. While they trade separately on every, you know, on the stock exchange, they are linked indefinitely, um, sometimes for good and sometimes for bad. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, could it lead to another Star Trek series? I, I honestly don't think so. No, I I
0: agree with that. I don't think it will either. Um and it's not to say that this could be a great uh a great new addition to television. It might be awesome. It might it might bring in all kinds of new uh watchers and everything, but it's and to say that it is Star Trek is not something that I agree with as I drop my pen on the floor. Um <laughs> but <laughs> sorry about that. Um but I, I do appreciate what joe uh said and and i appreciate his opinion on it and i hope that it is something that he and other people enjoy i just don't see it in the same in the same way
2: i just i think the no pun intended i think the the ship for galaxy quest is sailed you know um i just i think if they were if they were going to do a series it was probably at least 10 years ago maybe more and um i just i don't think it's relevant anymore Um, Right.
0: And it brings up a question for me is I don't think we've heard anything about casting and um, I can't imagine uh, the same people that were in the movie are going to be in the TV series. So that's going to, in my opinion, that would take something away from it just in the Galaxy Quest side of things.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, Although we could use this to springboard into our next topic, which is the the pitch opportunity that was reported by uh, trekmovie.com and our good friend Kayla over there um, within the last week or so. Apparently, a Star Trek fan has been invited to pitch to Paramount his idea for a Star Trek series. Now, saying that up front, um, we know that Paramount does not have the rights to Star Trek. But again, they are you know, inexorably linked to CBS, who does. And in some sense, Paramount does have a favored nation status with CBS. That's the reason they get to produce Star Trek movies on some level. Um, you know, the, the agreement is long. The agreement is convoluted. And while CBS has the ultimate go, no go decision, I'm sure that there is, you know, some reality where if Paramount said, hey, we really want to produce this series, CBS might actually give them the go ahead. But I don't see that happening with this particular pitch. I think it's just no. a pitch.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I totally trust uh, um, all of the information that Kyla um, or Caleb gave us in that article. Um, there's no reason, as some people have, to doubt what she's writing is is legitimate. Um, I don't see this having any legs at all, unfortunately. As as part of the article suggested, this fan owned the rights to the Star Trek Beyond URL. Um, and you got to wonder, does that have something to do with the reason why they're even bringing them in? Um, it's unfortunate that it's really is unfortunate that there has to be so many hoops and, and, and things to go through for someone to want to bring a, a series back to television or a Star Trek series back to television. I don't think this is going to be that time.
2: Uh, I don't think so either. I mean, we'll acknowledge up front that the studio or a studio inviting a fan to pitch them an idea for a series is rare. It does not happen every day. This is different from all of the other pitches for Star Trek series that have happened from industry professionals, you know, like the Michael Dorns, like the Brian Singers, because they sought out the pitch for their idea. This was a, a reverse situation. So it is important in that sense. But, you know, unless... Unless Paramount knows something that the rest of us don't know, which is possible, I just – I really don't see anything happening with the idea as much as I like the idea potentially at face value having looked at the website.
0: See, that's something that I was just going to actually bring up. I'm glad you said that. Reading the description of it did not blow any air up my skirt to be perfectly honest with you. I didn't really – it didn't really catch my eye as something that I would really look forward to seeing if it did turn into a series based on the description.
2: Okay, then that's fair. I mean, yeah. you know, a a series can can change shape and form. True. You know, a hundred different times before it's ever brought to air. Um and it's always got to start somewhere, and that's kind of how I look at at the pitch in general. Right. Yeah. Um so it's important to note I I think his name is Michael Gummelt, um and I'm sorry if I'm getting his name wrong. Um it's, it's certainly he's a fan, he's got some mm-hmm. some experience. I guess he he wrote the Star Trek Voyager Elite Force video game, which is one of the best and most successful Star Trek video games yep. of all time. I loved yep. playing that game. Yep, um, me too. So he 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 can write. He is a talented individual. Maybe his pitch is great. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to wait and see. As much right. as I, I am happy that somebody's pitching something.
0: Right. And don't get me wrong. I wish him all the luck in the world. I hope that his pitch is something that... The the powers that be were like, wow, this really could go somewhere. If it does, awesome. If it doesn't, it won't be a shock, I, I guess is the best way to put it. Right.
2: Yeah. Well, it's, you know, CBS killed Star Trek 10 years ago. Les yep. Moonvez, the president of CBS, personally canceled Enterprise himself um, because he's just not a fan. Right. Um, and that that's unfortunate, but that's the way it is for now. So what used to be Star Trek Beyond is now Star-, Star Trek uncharted. And now let's spring into Star Trek Beyond because there's news mm-hmm. on that front today. The third Star Trek film produced by Bad Robot, JJ Abrams' company, began production this week and started filming. Yep. Yay. Up in uh Yay. Vancouver to start Vancouver. with or at least a park about an hour northwest of Vancouver. And yep. I guess they're code name? Code name? Uh Washington.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's just a, they come up with the worst corporate, Yeah, I would say, uh, I think the first one was called corporate something or other. Um, They come up with the worst code names for these movies. They really do. You know, if there's a movie filming in your area and it's got a horrible name, I'm gonna guess it's gonna be a Star Trek movie. So I just <laughs> be aware.
0: Let me ask you a question. Yeah, um, we've seen some of the pictures and some of the announcements about the filming, and it has to do. It's in a. It's in one of these state parks, or or I don't know if Canada calls them state parks, but it's one of these big parks. They had some fake boulders built up, and yeah, it looks like they yeah. were doing some rock climbing. The only the first thing I thought of was Star Trek Five, El Capitan. I just that popped into my head immediately.
2: It it didn't pop into mine. No. Um, uh, at all. There's so much room in there, man. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's. It, it does just because there's trees <laughs> and rocks, does it mean there has to be a campfire sequence? No. <laughs> I mean, for all we know, there could be Ewoks running around because bad robots got their hands <laughs> in it, for God's sake.
0: <laughs> good point. Good point. You know, it, it. no matter what the scenes that they were filming, just to know that it has actually started. Um, all the cast is involved. And if, unless I read it incorrectly, now that they've started it, there was news this week also that came out that Chris Pine and, and, uh, Zachary have, have officially signed on for the fourth.
2: Yeah. Their deal has been extended by paramount for a potential fourth Star Trek movie. That that's usually a good sign. If you are going to (laughs) keep making more movies, you know, the guys at the, at, at the top of the, the billing there, um, are locked in for another deal. And I'm sure that other people will become locked in too. Um, Excuse me. I um I think it's great. Um Zachary Quinto does a great job as Spock. Chris Pine yes. is is evolving as Kirk. Mm-hmm. Um and I I think that that kind of has to happen. Um Right. You know, I'd, it'd be interesting to see where it goes in a third movie because I have some concerns based on some of the failings of the Inner Darkness script even though I liked Inner Darkness overall. mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
0: Yeah, it'll uh it will be interesting. I like how you say that he's evolving into it. Um he's done he's done a good job in in the first two and the second one he did a little bit better of course and and it is a work in progress. It's not I'm not I'm not slamming uh Chris Pine in any way nor am I fanboying Vic when I say you can't come out like Vic out of the box and uh, to to be to be Captain Kirk, it's going to take some work.
2: It will. And I think that you know, Kirk at this phase and the journey is younger. Kirk is a little more brash. It's yep. not it's a different reality. I mean, different it's, universe, yep. Yeah, yep. So and it was also announced this week that there are going to be filming locations in Dubai, which I think is interesting. That, could that be- is
0: very interesting. And and there was uh we just were talking with uh, wasn't it Vic also bring Vic back into the conversation again? He was just in Dubai with William Shatner recently. Um, and it is interesting to see that they're going to be doing some filming of the Star Trek film out there, too.
2: There was a rumor at one point that they were going to film some scenes in South Korea. I don't know if that's still the case, uh, but it's interesting because with Dubai, you don't know if it's going to be in the desert outside Dubai or in the right. city itself. Yep. I think that could lend interesting texture to the movie, regardless of where it is. Um, anyone who, um, who watches True Detective on HBO... Justin Lin, the director of Star, well, what is tentatively titled Star Trek Beyond, directed the first two episodes of True Detective this season, which premiered as of this taping last Sunday. And the first episode is a very intricate character story. There's no explosions. There's no car chases. There's no action. So for those doubting whether or not Justin Lin can really direct a Star Trek movie, I think that uh, he answers that question very easily. Of course he can.
0: That's good to know. I am I have not seen True Detective. I haven't seen the first season. I haven't seen any of the second season. So it is good to know because there has been some discussion of whether or not it was going to just be a, you know, explosion special effects story based on who the director was now.
2: Yeah, well, obviously he's directed Fast and the Furious. I know he's also yeah. directed episodes of the NBC comedy community. Um, so he can clearly do comedy. He can do lighter moments. He can do drama. He can do, you know, um, some serious character work. I think that knowing also that he's a fan of Star Trek and grew up a fan of Star Trek, I Mm -hmm. feel good about where this is. Now there's some people who would say, well, there's, there's no official script. Well, obviously there has to be because they're shooting.
0: Right. I'm also going to be, um, it's going to be interesting to follow along. I'm hoping that we're not going to get the, what we had with JJ and into darkness last movie with, all the secrecy and, and is it Khan? Is it not? No, it's not. It's John Harrod. blah, 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 blah. I'm hoping that we'll be able to get some good information as filming goes on as to a potential storyline. Um, I'm a huge teaser fan, tra- uh, trailer fan rather. Um, so I'll be watching for that first teaser trailer to come out to give us any kind of idea what we're going to be looking at with it. Um, I don't know how far down the road that'll be, but um, I'm looking for this movie to have more information given to us, the fans as the movie is being made, if at all possible.
2: I don't know if that's going to happen.
0: I know. Because Paramount,
2: Paramount is Paramount, and JJ's is not directing, but his company is still producing this movie. Yeah. Back this thing back. is going to be locked down just as tight as every other movie. Well, even the, the original you know, yeah. cast movies were locked down. That's so. true.
0: That's true. Thanks. Thanks for killing my thunder.
2: <laughs> I was hoping Well, my wife says I'm a spirit squasher And I just want to carry that <laughs> forward I'm trying to be true
0: <laughs> Jolan true
2: true. Well, if, if any of you Have uh, thoughts on the third Star Trek movie, uh, we sometimes call it Star Trek 3 because it's the third Movie from the Bad Robot crew um, If you have comments or Suggestions if you want to tell us we're Wrong about Galaxy Quest or you want to show five-year mission some love, there are ways to get us that information. And Dan, how can folks get in touch with us?
0: Well, there are several ways, as everyone knows, who's listened to the show to get in touch with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Skype. Our handle is simply TrekGeeks. You can send us an email at trekgeeks at starfleet.com. Or you can do what Dan and Crazy Joe did, and that's send us a voicemail at 508-784-1701. We love getting those messages. Uh, If you want to send Bill a... Uh, individual tweet. His handle is at Trek Geek Bill and my uh, Twitter handle is at DCDDS9. Uh, and as always, please remember that any comments or messages you leave us will be used in future episodes.
2: Yes, indeed. And we'll be sure to put a link to uh, Crazy Joe's podcast in the show notes for this particular episode. Um, Joe's Jose, uh, been doing this a long time, and he's a, he's a great broadcaster, and you should definitely check out his program. Uh, a programming note for us: We are taking next weekend off because it's the Independence Day holiday in the United States. So Dan and I are going to do some uh, some some much needed celebrating and relaxing, and we will return in two weeks with a brand new episode. And Dan, why don't you give us a preview of who that might be?
0: Yeah, we got a uh, we got a special episode coming up in two weeks. I'm very excited about this episode. It's uh, one of the first people I thought of when uh, we thought of having guests on the show. Um, she has only been in a few episodes in Star Trek history, but the beautiful and talented Susie Plaxon will be joining us to talk about the different roles that she had in Star Trek The Next Generation and in Star Trek, or excuse me, and in Enterprise. Um, great conversation with her. Um, we're sure you're going to like it, and we're looking forward to bringing it to you in a couple weeks.
2: That's true. Two weeks, the weekend of July 11th. Um, for those of you listening in real time, uh, Susie Plaxen only on the Trek Geeks podcast, so but for now, we'll bring this episode to a close. Thank you so much for listening to episode 20 and for being with us here this week. Please go out and show Five-Year Mission some love. Um, they are so great to us. And you can find all of their music online, whether it's Years 1, 2, and 3, or the, uh, the Trouble with Triple EP, or now even Spock's Brain, online at fiveyearmission.net. Uh, Dan, this one's a wrap. So, uh, Wrapped until- it up. <laughs> we did. And until next time, everybody, live long and prosper.
0: Coconut! Great, coconut. <laughs> uh uh. I'm gonna break it down some more with some coconut, baby.
2: Okay, that's it. I'm done. hello
0: hey it's dan how you doing all right i think bill's on the line i might have lost him when i connected with you no i'm here oh bill's here hi bill
2: hi dan
0: <laughs> and we got andy with us too is that correct Search. excellent thanks for coming on guys this is pretty exciting uh,
4: i told chris if he becomes free and wants to join us to give me send me a message so we might be able to add him later
0: oh okay great okay um, what we'll do is we'll just, uh, do our usual intro that we do for guests and then we'll just start banging out the questions for you guys. Sure. Like it. What, a- uh, the album sounds awesome, by the way. And the video was freaking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Thanks.
2: Well, um, we'll probably do the interview separate. We'll drop the song in after when we do our rappers. Um, if that works okay for you guys. Yeah, that's great. All right. Okay. So we'll do it when you guys are, you know, probably tucked away comfortable in your beds and we're just having a thunderstorm here. Oh no,
3: we still have one more one more interview to go tonight.
2: Oh man, um, actually them out.
4: in in two hours, so yeah. we'll we'll be up for at least another three or four hours. Right. Wow.
0: Do you have a lot of this going on this week, just in front of the release, or is it just pretty much today?
4: Uh, most of it's today. We did another one a couple of days ago.
0: Yeah, cool. and then we got a
3: surprise show that we're doing on Thursday, yeah. uh, like a kickoff to 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 a, to a local newer like uh This indie pop con convention here. Oh, cool! And they're having us play like their pre-registration party at this bar. <laughs> <That's> sweet. <laughs> and we, that, that just that just kind of got tossed at us as like a little surprise. So now we're surprising everybody else with it too.
0: Oh, that's awesome! Hey, yeah. do you guys ever get up into the New England area?
3: We'd like to. Awesome. All right, cool. We'll but keep our eyes open.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We
0: we
4: have a, a lot of fans up there, so yeah.
2: Hopefully, we can sometime. Hey, so now that you guys are getting a trailer, are you going to paint it like that totally awesome van that was up in Canada? I
3: hope so. (laughs) Spock and and some topless chicks.
2: Totally. (laughs) You have to get the little lights for the nipples. Yeah. Oh, that would be awesome. That's great. I <laughs> that would kill for that van.
4: I know. That would have been so awesome. It, it would not have done well for driving to gigs, of course.
3: But Come on, man. Crushed velvet <laughs> and shag carpet. <laughs> it, it, it awesome.
4: Would, it it would have broke down between here and the place across town if we That's had a show.
0: <laughs> That's uh, uh, great. get into that discussion during the actual interview. That's a riot. <laughs> so. Sure. Yeah, this is gold. Aren't you recording this already? <laughs> uh, I think we are. I just don't think it's part of the actual <laughs> interview, but we can work it in there. This could wind
2: <laughs> up... Yeah. This could wind up being the outtake. I'm okay with it.
0: (laughs) Feel free to splice it in. Nice. (laughs) All right. uh, Bill, when you are ready, we will get started.
2: Please, sir. I am always ready.
0: All right. All right. Here we go, guys. Yes, sir. All right.